What's up, everybody? I'm UFC President Dana White. Hey, what's up? It's your boy Shigo Shot Evans. I am Fielder. This is Jimmy Manuel. Yo, baby, this is Burt Watson. That means it's time to roll, baby. We rolling! Yeah! All night long. Hi, I'm Michael Morgan, and welcome to this week's episode of The Wocast. Now, I have to say, props is due where it's due. Brian Lacey held the fort down for the last god knows how long and he did really really well i think considering that from a standing start the guy came in here he basically bought woe tv or should i say the wocast to the pinnacle of heights now i think he's kind of like how can i put it he's uh, he's left a legacy which is going to be kind of like hard to follow but you know usually as you know the usual format we have guests but this time i like to think of this guy more as a co-host I'm proud to bring to the Wocast a friend, someone who I call a friend. I've got a very small circle of friends, and there's two of them. I'd like to welcome LJ, more commonly known as Joshua Byrne. The one and only. Rather than co-host, I think we should go special guest. Special guest? VIP guest. guest, You're not special, (laughs) bro. You're special needs. (laughs) Special as in the best. The best so far. The let's best. go. Let's go that way. You know, well, let's give you your your your, your props and uh, your your full accolade and your full intro. You basically have come in and you have taken, how can I put it, the mantle of the leading boxing correspondent for the channel because there's only one, so that's not really a hard job. Yep, yep. But you basically come in and you know you've mixed up with the likes of. Well, you tell everybody. You tell everybody who you've been mixing up with. Well, everyone on the boxing scene. We've we've been with Johnny Nelson, we've been with Eddie Hearn, we've been with AJ. Um, you know, name it, you name it, we've we've been with them. Um and we're we're taking it from a different angle. We're not going in there and we're not asking these stale, boring questions that everyone else are doing. We've gone in there and we've asked these guys about MMA and we've got different opinions and we've got different angles. And that was when you asked me to do it, that was always going to be my uh, objective and I think so far so good I think we've uh, we're, we're doing well but good times to come we're going to carry on doing it mm. we've got some big fights coming up yeah but hold on a second as well mm. you've kind of pushed me towards only boxing here <laughs> <laughs> now, let's not forget we did a, a staff prediction just last week yeah do we have to go there uh, I'm pretty sure not only did I pick the winner of the title fight, I named the round. <laughs> now I don't want to. I don't want to quote anyone here, but um, you predict these things. I've, I predict these things. I choose which hand is going to finish the fight, <laughs> not which <laughs> round. And I think that needs some some clarification there. So you know what this is? It's <laughs> it's a one handed clap, my brother. There you go. Sounds There's like you. a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> so let's clarify. Specialist in both boxing and MMA. Okay. All right. I mean, yeah. So I'll, I'll give you on. that. I'll give you that. I mean, okay. speaking of specialism, I have to say, I'm going to apologize in front of everybody listening. This podcast, as you know, should have taken place a few hours back. But, you know, with my bungling, uh, I basically had a hot foot it from your front door back over to my neck of the woods because I, I'd left a little man behind the little man being my son so I had to go and pick him up and um, hot it back over here and you know what I, I think that just shows you how Woe TV is about adaptation it's about slipping it's about sliding it's about the Michael Page approach because if you look at it like this whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't even <laughs> I don't want to talk about this guy Michael Page, to be honest. Come on, guy. I don't, I don't think we should be comparing ourselves to some Pokemon ball-throwing kind of bad role model, little goofball. That how is, he, how is he a bad role model? How is he a goofball? Let, let, me, let me just kind of like set this up. You're looking at somebody who has, how can I put it, reignited Re-ign- certain... No, hold on, hold on. Okay. Uh, certain quarters of um, people of, of a certain age, of an audience... Okay, there were people who were actually watching that fight when he fought um, Cyborg Santos. Now, you could have gone with the stayed boring finish. You could have gone with a basic walk-off finish. But 
Michael Page did as Michael Page does. It's about flamboyance. It's about, and you talk about, you know, um, you predict these things. Several weeks back, Michael Page told us how yeah, he, he would be finishing, yeah, how he would be that. finishing that fight. So I think as well, there are so many different ways in which, you know, you can finish a fight in a very staid and boring manner. Now, I think it kind of fits with the Woe TV ethos in that he made me say, whoa. Conor McGregor, when he knocked out, you know, the guy, the wrestler turned striker, first round Sweden, I think it was. Mark Sprimmage. Okay. Now, if he, if he then comes in and he does something that I find cringy, if he comes in and does something like that and it takes the whole charisma away, what Michael Page did wasn't charismatic. It wasn't something that you would show your children in 10 years' time as a role model. It wasn't, you know... Muhammad Ali saying, I shook up the way. It was just stupid in my eyes. It was just, he's embarrassing to his opponent. He's a little bit embarrassing to himself. Um, and I just found the whole thing, what it does to me, it gets too close to the line of WWE. Now, the Americans love, I know I understand the Americans love WWE, but, but for me, you have to keep as far away from that line as possible. And doing stupid stuff like that when you've just done something spectacular. Now imagine if you've done something spectacular as that knee and you come out with a great quote as in to do with flying knees. You know, I, I don't just fly with knees, I fly like a... I don't know, I, I'm not here to do quotes. But if you did something clever there and did something charismatic, I think UFC would be knocking on the door much quicker than they will be. I disagree. I, on, think, I think this sport is all about entertainment as well as it being a sport i thought what he did it or what he did was quite clever because he mixed popular genre with mma and current popular genre with mma i well, thought it was on point this is popular with children it's not popular in my household i've seen a 36 year old man looking for well, a pokemon your friend um, demographic is much different to <laughs> to mine, clearly, because I'm not hanging around with, <laughs> with men who are looking for Pokemon in their spare time. <laughs> so, you know, you can comment on that yourself. But for me, it was silly. It was, I don't know, it's just uncalled for. Two point, what is it, four million views at the moment in terms of video views. That, that, that I think, speaks volumes to how people were understanding it. If you just did the flying knee, mm. would you still be talking about it? I think you would be. Of course, but I thought the pièce de résistance was actually drawing out the popular culture. Bring out the big guns now. <laughs> <laughs> we can both go there if we have to. <laughs> but yeah, move, moving, moving swiftly on. Look, I, I remember ages and ages ago, I, I, I used to do what's known as um, news poker. It was a way of actually introducing news, and um, it was for my like entertainment journalism days. And I used to, you know, do the red carpet and stuff like that. Anyway, yeah. one of the things that we used to do, as I say, was um, it was uh, entertainment, sorry, news poker. So my guest or whoever it was I was co-hosting with yeah. would come up with a piece of news that would actually blow my initial piece of news away. And then I would actually try and counter. So it was, I had to show a bigger hand, just like poker. Not now, really like poker, but I understand the rules of the game. But hold on a minute, hold on. Why, why are you trying to mess up my, my flow here? <laughs> Basically, in poker, poker it's about a strong hand, right? Yeah. Yeah. So your job is to come up with a stronger hand than my bit of news. Okay, can I bluff your news by making No, it's got to be right? factual. So it's got to be factual. Yeah. Okay. So no Miley Cyrus has now uh, joined the women's <laughs> bantamweight and in nonsense like that. Basically, my bit of news is Jimmy Manua will face... O Vincent Brew at UFC 204. Blau. First of all, isn't it Manua? Manua is how he says it. I'm pretty sure he says Manua. Although mm. it does, does sound a bit rude. Definitely Manua. Maybe I'm just mugging him off. Known him since 2009. <laughs> Every time. If you're listening, Jimmy, Manua. I wasn't trying to insult you. Yeah, I think he was mugging you off. I see you. You uh, want to see his hand gestures? Not that you could do much about it. <laughs> even, <laughs> even if you did find it insulting. Um, Okay. First of all, what do you think about that fight? You know what? I know Jimmy's all about the big fights. 
So it's a big fight that he deserves because there's two reasons. One, he's not coming back and he's fighting uh, a gimme fight. He's been off for a while. He's been off injured. But secondly, I think the most important factor is he will be advancing up the rankings if he does actually defeat OSP. So it's a very important fight. It's a very good fight. And I like the fact that, you know, it, it ticks every box for me. Black and black, black violence. Tick. <laughs> you striker know versus striker. Do you know tick. what it screams out to me? Mm. It screams out to me, we've got a guy who's on quite a big wage packet who doesn't move the needle that much and we want to get rid of him. Because Jimmy Manua, am I saying that right now? Jimmy Manua. Manua, sorry Jimmy. Jimmy Manua, um, he's had hard competition after hard competition and I don't see a way he can win that fight um, against OSP. And I think that's his, his swan song, I think that's his final fight. Because I know he waited a long time to get in the UFC and he turned them down a couple of times. Because he wasn't ready. Yeah. Mm. And when you do that, you get a bigger page, a wage packet when you do finally come in. Um, and I've got a feeling they even want to give him a, a smaller one or they want to send him back to the regional circuit. So that for me, um, I don't think is good news for, for Jimmy. Um, and that's the problem with MMA is when you have this mindset, you have to take every fight. It's not always the best for your career. I kind of disagree, okay. Everybody would kind of like look at me as a Jimmy Manuel cheerleader. Yeah, correct. I think the guy has got some serious potential in terms of um, contendership. Look at the light heavyweight division. Look who is in it. And look at the possible people who could, you know, really give Jimmy problems. Not that many. But everyone who could, they've matched him up against. Everyone who's a big, powerful, strong guy... He's had to fight. He, what, who's he had? AJ, Gustafsson, um, now OSP. Now, I know he he had like a four-fight win, win streak. Mm. A lot of them were injuries, weren't they? I know... Um, yeah, but injuries pertaining and related to a fight no, which the, they were actually in. The Jimmo fight, RIP, may I add, he, that was a, a freak accident. Um, I mean, the, the others before, perhaps you, you got me there. But, uh, mm. I remember thinking he's done well to get this far, um, and he's he's had his he's had some vicious KO losses, hasn't he? The well, against Johnson, yeah, that was a a, the a vicious one KO. Wasn't nice. Sorry, the Gustafsson was that wasn't that knees? Mm. Um, I mean, but was he out? Was he out though? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Obviously, you know, being a, a patriot Brit, I'll, I'll be in his corner. I'll be hoping he wins. Um, I just got a feeling it's it's a it's a tall order, right? Anyway, so to call your hand, I'm going to go for the the obvious, Tyson Fury. Oh, being the boxing guy, Tyson Fury facing anti-doping charges. So I think we're all getting a bit bored of talking about Tyson Fury at this point, but now it's it's more of a concern because it could take away. The fact that he's world heavyweight champion, the fact that he was the guy that beat the guy. I'm a little bit confused about all of this. I yeah. thought when his early on this confused. yeah, every, early on this week, Tyson Fury was bringing charges on his accusers. I, I can't remember mm. which corner he was leveling mm. the, the the legal stick at, but he was ready to pull the trigger and for his lawyers basically to do some mauling. And now all of a sudden. He's up on doping charges. Uh, yeah. Just break this down for me. I'm right. a little bit confused. So I'm going to keep it simple. He got, a, he got tested positive in February for a PED. I'm not even going to try and pronounce it because um, that would be a lose-lose situation. Um, he, got, um, he got caught for a PED in February, but the tests in March and April, he got caught clean. Caught clean doesn't make sense. He was clean for them. Um, so he's going, he's he's suing them on the basis that it's it makes no sense that how because the ped that he got caught for yeah. is renowned for being in your system for twelve months. So he's saying there's no way that I could have it in March and then I could have it in February and not have it in March. Mm. Um, so you've messed up the tests, blah blah blah. They're obviously saying we haven't. But what this does, this suing action, what this does, this keeps the suspension away from him, meaning he can, he can fight. Klitschko in October. So it seems like a... <laughs> it seems like someone's... So he's had some very good business advice there. 
and he's been told what to do to be able to fight when he needs to fight. Um, what comes of after the fight, he may, you know, he may plead guilty, he may not. But the fact that him and his cousin have got caught for it at the same time, mm. it, you know, it does doesn't look great for the guy. I don't really know that much about um, performance enhancing drugs, particularly steroids. What mm. does this actually mean, though? What, what what having this in your system? What does it actually mean? Right. So this is a ped. So this is a performance in, enhancer. This particular one is it increases muscle mass and increases r- recovery time, which for training for a huge fight mm. is exactly what you'd want. It's not like a lot of the MMA ones, which don't really seem to make sense taking. Um, like another John Jones one was a little bit weird. Why he would have that so close to the fight? Um, this is one that Linford Christie got caught for. Um, this is one that uh, MMA guys have been caught for. Um, it's NBA guys have been caught for. It's a very popular ped in sports. Um, so it's not a surprise. The substance is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a surprise that it's taken this long to come out. That's the surprise. And that he's suing them. I mean, not many people one have the money to do it, or two have the the, the ego to do it. So there you go. Well, Hit me back. I, I have to say that's kind of like a nice little hand there. I'm not sure I can really better that because that's quite a big news, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Oh, mate, the, you wander around. I, 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 I don't know what to say, mate. You know, that was good. I warned you when you invited me on, you weren't going to win much. (laughs) Apart from new fans, because I'm on. That's the only thing you were ever going to win when you invited the babyface assassin. (laughs) Right, so do I go first this time? Go for it, mate. Right, next one. Now, this is actually my favourite news of the day. Now, Canelo, he's he's scheduled to fight fight Smith, to fight Britain's only Smith. Now, he's just, or it's being um, reported, that he's signed to fight Billy John Saunders, who most people would say is an even bigger fight in December, and again, being a British fighter. Um, I don't know how Mr. Smith feels um, with, with Canelo booking fights while still in the fight, before having having their bout taken place. But um, for me, I'm much more excited for the Billy John Saunders fight. Um, and that also will be at middleweight. It's being reported. Um, RingTV.com's reported it. Which is a huge fight. Billy John Saunders, world heavyweight champion. Um, undefeated. You know, He's beat the likes of Eubanks Jr. Um... So it's a massive fight. How would you feel, Michael? We had a fight planned, um, and I'm looking past you, which you know I would be looking past you. I think it's a little bit cheeky. I don't really know how that works because I know it's an old cliche, but you should be focused on the task at hand. You should be looking at, you know, what do I need to attend to right now instead of okay, uh, in a couple of months' time I'm going to be facing this man and. You know, I'm going to be preparing this way. No, that doesn't show me focus. That shows me someone who's after a paycheck. Well, it for me, it shows that he wants to plan his journey to Triple G. He wants to, he wants to slowly move up his weight, and he slowly wants to fight fighters with specific styles, and that that's what he's doing. And he's just his team are just assuming that he's going to get past these guys, but he's fighting two good fighters. Again, this is hugely different to MMA. Um, and why you would release this before your actual fight baffles me because releasing a fight with Billy Joe Saunders is big news. And if you release that after your last fight, I don't think many people would be upset about it because a lot of people want to see Billy Joe Saunders fight the best. A lot of people wanted to fight, see him fight Triple G, but Billy Joe Saunders said the money wasn't right. But this is, if not better, it's the next best thing. Speaking of Triple G, I know we're kind of like segueing into another subject, but I'm interested to hear your take on this. Speaking to Eubank, uh, it must have been about seven weeks back, he told me that 
that's all that he was interested in. That's all that fueled him. That's all that drove him. Yeah. But yet the fight didn't actually happen. What, what do you think happened there? Well, last time I spoke to Eubank, he wanted Billy Joe Saunders. So the guy changed his mind a lot, which really, for me, tells me he's not really deciding. He's being told who he wants and when he wants them. And I think this points to the dad, doesn't it? Do you think? I mean, really? Yeah, of course it does. His okay, dad. I, I don't know whether this was Candy Floss. I don't know whether this was him basically um, telling me where to get off. But I put it to him straight. I said, weren't you looking at your dad when you were in the press conference earlier and thinking, dad, can't you just shut up? Just and he said, put a sock in it yeah, and he said, no, he finds it, the whole thing where his dad gets involved, he finds it all entertaining. So I'm not so sure that there is this whole thing. But I agree with him. It is entertaining mm. at his expense. I think everyone's laughing at the Eubanks. I think, do you know when young Ben, find, he, he had to go back at the uh, senior? Yeah. I think people were laughing, but they were laughing that Eubank Senior is arguing with a, a 20-year-old boy. You know, it gets to a stage now where Senior just needs to step back and let his son take centre stage. Because, we, me and you both know, <clears throat> Junior is good in front of the camera. He's good on the centre stage. He can become a draw. He can move the, the needle. Personally, I think Triple G is probably a bit too early for him. I think he's better off taking uh, a Billy Joe Saunders fight or uh, even maybe moving up to De Gale before going right to the pinnacle. Um, but I don't think he needs his dad. His dad's propelled him to where he is. But I would, if I was him, I'd say, let dad, let me, let me have my time. Go back into the... I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here. <laughs> Put him in a pit with some spiders. <laughs> Just get out of my way for a while. Mm. Get my head in. Okay, well, that's your hand. Mm. Go on. Fadal versus Crocop 2 in September. Oh, Basically, it's been reported by Sherdog, right, that the infamous Fadal will be re- returning to the cage. On Was that his nickname, the infamous? Septem- oh, the last, the emperor. last emperor. Yeah, you but he's infamous. His nickname now, yeah. He's infamous for a lot of reasons. I mean, look what happened in the last fight. Infamous for never fighting in the best organisation. There you go. Infamous for being involved with the Russian Mafia. Mm. Allegedly. Allegedly. Don't get us sued. Yeah, okay, allegedly. Um, infamous <laughs> for robbing Brazilians on the scorecard. Yeah, it's a fight I'd certainly watch. It's true. I'm a massive Crocop fan. And I think when you're fans of these guys, you've still got to support them when um, their chins have gone and they're not the fighters they were. Um, you shouldn't just mock them. I think you should just carry despite me just mocking him two minutes ago, you should carry on um, and support him. I mean, when, when your favourite footballer is coming to his last end, you still still cheer him on, don't you? Um, we have to keep remembering, though, this is a rematch. Rematches, I have to say, put bums on seats. Look at, okay, RIP, but look at Kimbo versus James Thompson. That was the sole reason, I feel, that people's interest was piqued by that card. I disagree. I think if you ask most people, they didn't know about the first fight. I think Kimbo, RIP, was the guy who's putting bums on seats. Just Kimbo alone. Forget about yeah. James Thompson. He was, he was, um, he was a massive attraction, wasn't he? Yeah, but how can you say that when it was one of the most widely watched fights of all time when it comes to a domestic elite shown uh, fight? Was that elite XE? Yeah. Was that not what? Was that the last fight that ever they shown? I think it was, but it's billed or it's basically been touted as, in terms of numbers, in terms of uh, viewers, in terms of eyeballs on products, yeah, it's a success. It's a runaway success. So why not repeat that? No, I agree. And I think James Thompson probably deserves credit there because he, he does always come out to entertain and to fight. <laughs> and the guy's a giant of a man. <laughs> and at the end of the day, people like seeing giants fight. Yeah. Um, so I do agree with that. Um, I'm not going to argue for argument's sake. 
There you go. And I think, look, for argument's sake, let's just cut to the chase. You know, fact, hand on heart, put Fedor in the cage, put Mirko Filipovic in the cage, you would watch. So, argument done. Yeah, definitely. Mm. No arguments. Um, so? Yeah, you know what? I'd even pay money. Mm. I'd even I'd even part with money. Um, it's, yeah, no arguments. Is it bigger news than than Canelo Alvarez, one of the biggest draws in in the in the sport, in in sport in general? I think it depends which side of the fence you're sitting as as a listener. For many, you know, Fedor is seen as you know he's seen as the epitome of mixed martial arts based on his skill, but we're talking past skill. So he's up there in terms of you know how people actually look at a mixed martial artist and he's revered as the greatest of all time. So I think from a mixed martial artist point of view, yeah, that's bigger news. And I think given that Fedor likes stealing rounds, <laughs> we should let you steal a round just to hang in there. I think that's only fair. You know what, seeing as though we're neck and neck now, I, I, I feel that we need to really kind of We will never be move neck on. and neck. <laughs> we need to move on. All right. Since though we've got UFC 202 coming up, mm-hmm. um, you're claiming to be uh, a bit of a soothsayer yeah. in terms of predictions. Why don't we yeah. run down the main card and have a look at the runners and riders? But, you know, more importantly, where we think they rank um, in terms of wins and losses. Who you think's going to win, who you think's going to lose. I'm with you. So do you want to start on the main event or do we save that for last? No, let's, 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 uh, let's build up to that. Let's build okay. up to that. Right, you go, and I'll and I'll tell you what's what you said was wrong and what you said which, which part was right. <laughs> <laughs> you go ahead. Okay. Well, starting off with, uh, let's have a look. Cody Bra- Cody Garbrandt mm. versus Takeya Mizugaki. Now, considering that Cody Garbrandt is unbeaten, considering he's nine and zero, considering he's a finisher usually by KO or TKO. There's only one decision to his name, mm. Henry Briones, right? He's lost twice as an amateur. Basically, my money is on Cody. He's a finisher. He looks an absolute killer. When he's the he's alpha male there. guy, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's just coming off a huge win. Exactly. My, 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 money's, my, him out of. my money's on Cody Garbrandt because, all right, Takeo Mizugaki, don't get me wrong, he's a killer, but... And he's also number eight ranked uh, bantamweight. But he's missed a decision, man. All his yeah. wins in the UFC are coming via unanimous or split decision. And for me, you can't come in there with a decision game plan when you're fighting Cody Garbrandt. No, I wouldn't argue with that. And you know very well when you find an alpha male guy, they're all going to know how to grapple. You're not going to be able to hold an alpha male guy against the fence for very long or blanket him for very long. They're going to scramble. They're going to make space. Um, and going on history, Cody is going to land that right hand. Um, so I don't know if he finishes the guy. He's very durable. Mm. But uh, it would be stupid not to bet on him. Okay. Tim Means versus Sean Strickland. Right, I don't know much about Sean Strickland. Update me. Let me know about him. Okay. For me, um, he's 18-1. and one. Uh, he slowed Tom Breeze's role. Now, Tom Breeze, I have to say, was a UK standout. He's been on a tear since he got into the UFC, and he's seen as a hot prospect. Now, he slowed Tom Breeze's role. Now, Santiago... Oh, I watched that fight live, of mm. course, that in London. Uh, I don't think it was. No, that was when Tom Breeze stole a decision. Sorry, I, I saw Tom Breeze's fight in London. You're not impressed? I wasn't impressed. You're not impressed by his performance? He broke... He came out, he introduced himself to the world in Ireland against the big Irishman. Cahal Pendred. There you go. Yeah. Cahal. Um, Not yeah. Carl. Cahal. Or Cathal. Cahal. Cahal. saying that right? Cahal. Cahal Pendred, yeah. Um, my Irish roots coming out there. Yeah, he knocked him out and looked fantastic doing it. And I was excited to see him in London and he looked awful. I liked him, means I think he's a good all round fighter. Um, I don't know enough about Strickland to 
to give a professional opinion or to give one that I trust. Mm. Um, what, what do you think? For me, I'm going with Strickland only because the only loss that he's had was in Brazil. Now, this was a decision. Right. Now, to lose via decision or via decision in Brazil, I think, you know, come on, I don't really have to say anymore. <laughs> you know, I, I, I just... So, I can say, if I say about Russia, mm. you're then saying, all right, <laughs> we're going to get sued. But you, <laughs> you can go on the Brazilians like there's no tomorrow. Yeah, but I'm implying, I'm inferring, I'm not actually making direct sure accusations. You're, you're accused. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, okay, I'm with you on that. We'll take Tim Means, shall we? No, I'm going with Sean Strickland. Ah, I'm taking Tim Means then. Put your money down. Mm, okay. Your Bearing in mind, he's not Tim Means hasn't fought since December 2005. You're going with Tim Means. Tim the Dirty Bird Means. Is that really his name? I'm sure it's Dirty Bird. Look it up, man. Look Sounds it up. Sounds a bit. Tim Dirty Bird Means. Sounds a bit. I've just come out of jail for sexual assault. <laughs> 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 you entrust that guy with your wife. The dirty bird. Right. It is the dirty bird, isn't it? It is, yeah. Mm. I don't think you want to change that, Tim Means. Right. we got Rick Story, Donald Cerrone. Now, I know a lot about both these fighters. Okay. Take it away. Follow Rick Story from the start of his career. If you remember, he took on Nate the Great, I believe. On short notice, mm. um, with an upset. Well, I think that's when Nate actually came in overweight. Might not have been short notice. I think Nate came on overweight mm. and got got stripped, and he he lost in the end to God. I'm terrible with names. White guy with an afro. Um, oh, right, I'm gonna have to wait there. I'm gonna have to look this one up. So what happened was this is why I started watching. Rick Story. Mm. He's he was getting his first fight against a household name. Yeah. Um and white guy with an afro. Yeah. Cuz he was Spanish descent and Nate didn't make weight, so they offered the guy the day of the fight if he wanted to take it. Mm. And he took it and he beat Rick Story. And the guy was called there's loads of people shouting his name now. Guy was called Charlie Brennerman. Charlie, Charlie Brennerman? Yeah. He lost to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he went on a slide. He lost to Martin Campman. Yeah. Um, came back against Brock Jardine. Lost to Damian Meyer, like most people do. And then he's been back and forth ever since. Um, but I like him because he is a grinder and he is a guy that has never. He's never quit. He's he's worked on his game. Mm. He's never had great stand-up, but he's worked on it. He he came in as a grinder. He actually was the first guy to beat Johnny Hendricks, if you remember. Yeah. In one of the world's most boring fights. Yep, yep. But he still um, beat Johnny Hendricks. He did. Yeah. He grinded him. Mm. Um, Jake Ellenberg, Ellenberg um, who had a massive win over the weekend. Yeah. Ellenberger. He beat him early in his career. Um, and now he's on a, on a win streak. And I, I like that about a guy. I like a journeyman who changes that. A journeyman who then makes a run at it mm. um, all that said it's a big jump yeah massive massive jump Cerrone is Mr. Anytime Anywhere remember this not only that I mean he's been unbeaten or he was unbeaten since 2013 until Desangio snapped that streak and for me I don't know he's just Mr. Ever Dependable he shows up Cerrone yes do you know first of all this is why Rick Story's made a mistake. Yeah. Because Cerrone breaks. The man loves to break. All you've got to do is get in that guy's head a little bit. That's mm. why he takes short notice fights all the time, because he doesn't want to think about it. As soon as he has to think about a game plan and what he needs to do, he can't take it. I think there's something in that. Look what happened with um, Bisping. Short notice fight. Yeah. Look it's at that. A few times, I it? think you can get and overthink and overcomplicate things. Yeah. I, I agree. But at the same time, deal with it. Go to a sports psychologist. Figure out a way. Don't just keep buying speedboats. Mm. Do you think that will help? Mm. Or whatever he does in his in his spare time. Um, so I think if Rick Story wasn't so dull outside the ring and if he got inside his head a bit and pushed him in the way and maybe 
something to rattle him a little bit. Ain't going to happen. Ain't it's not going to happen, is no. it? He's going to be respectful yes. after the fight. Yes. And eventually, I think um, he'll, he'll lose a unanimous decision. Mm. You'll be looking at leg kicks. You'll be looking at a nice all-round game. Because Cerrone is a very good fighter when he's he's on point. Um, he's a very good kickboxer. His jiu-jitsu's incredibly underrated. Mm. He's one of the best guys on his back um, that I've seen in a long time. That's coming from a blue belt, Michael. You know, these to have that sort of compliment from a blue belt, you know, that's some, <laughs> that's some serious compliments there. So enjoy that, Donald, because I don't do that often. So who are you um, going with? I'm going Cerrone, but I don't think you'll I don't think you'll finish him. Not many people do. Mm. So UD Cerrone, but let's just not forget here. Rick Story's coming from a win from Gunnar Nelson and and Tarek Sefadine, two big opponents. So he, he could come in with momentum. I don't know the odds, but if the odd was big enough, I'd, I'd maybe take a stab at Rick Story. Co-main event, Anthony Johnson versus Glover Texera. Texera? Texera? Texera. No, it's not Texera. 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 Yeah, we're making this up as we go along. No, it's Texera. Seriously. Glover Texera. That's why calls him Glover. Anyway. Anyway, this, this one's a no-brainer. Come on, Anthony Johnson, killer, absolute killer. Twenty-one on five. Guy is an absolute beast. You couldn't got, be more wrong. You got to remember. You got to remember this. Remember this, right? The guy was a welterweight, taking on the likes of and Dan Hardy. What? You, you're embarrassing yourself. Are you being serious? First of all, have you seen this guy punch holes in people's faces? And have you also seen this guy who, as soon as he gets put on his back, gives up? Oh, uh, you've you've got me down, Cormier. Where's the belt? I'll put it on you myself. Literally. <laughs> Literally, I'll put you on myself and say, Well done. You deserve it. Yeah, but you're you're forget- try you're, after the second you, round. You, no, but you've got selective memory. Look at when he came in at light heavyweight and beasted. I'm talking beasted. God, what's the guy's name now? Oh, Phil Mr. Davis. Sorry, Phil. Mr. Yeah. Wonderful Davis. He now he's taken down. No, he was he was he's he never take got down. taken down. Uh, hold on, his takedown defense was on point. Phil Davis couldn't get him down. Agreed. Thank you. But Cormier could. And why can Phil Davis get him down? Because he didn't mix up striking with wrestling. He said, "I'm either going to shoot him from distance because I'm hella scared of your your punching, which he should be, <laughs> and I don't mock a guy for that. Mm. But as soon as you start mixing it up, when you yeah. start cloning." closing the range mm. which Glover can do you're going to get him on his back just watch Glover OSP mm. the fights can be very similar you know what's kind and of this like this is where the money can be made is Glover you know what's ricocheting off my skull right now what? the memories of Glover Teixeira spitting out his gum shield when he fought John Jones because he could not take the punishment and what was what was happening there he prove? was he, no he, one hold beats on, John hold Jones. on hold on he played him at his own mic. game. He took him into the pocket and busted him up. Okay, completely agree. But everyone loses to John Jones. So what? That's like saying, "Oh, but Floyd Mayweather beat him." It, it doesn't prove anything. When we when we say, first of all, you went talked. I want to touch that. Mm-hmm. He used to fight at welterweight. Right? Yeah. He used to kill himself. Why is he doing that? Because mentally, he wants to know that he's the biggest guy in there by far. To me, that that doesn't that doesn't show much. <laughs> much confidence in himself and for me putting my money on him mm. um, been a much better fighter since he's gone up but as soon as he's seen diversity name me a fight he's seen diversity and won I bet you can't Vitor Belfort subbed this guy let's not forget another guy known for, for quitting after diversity yeah but we're talking about somebody who is a killer on the feet mm. and we've seen what basically happens to Glover when he actually meets somebody who's going to mix it up on the feet, who's going to basically punch a hole in his face. He doesn't want none of that. That's not true. So why do you think he was spitting out his gum shield? Because it was too big for his mouth. He stood up with Rampage. I think he did shoot towards the end. <laughs> yes. He stood up stood up with Ryan Bader. Um, he stood Ryan up with Bader, Bader, the wrestler. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he stood up with him. He finished him. Jesus. Um... <laughs> Well, name your price. We'll, I'll take that one any day of the week. And you've got a black belt versus a wrestler. And the black belt can wrestle. 
only thing that worries me with Glover is I know that he's fighting out of his own gym at the moment. Mm. That always worries me. Mm. I like a guy to be in the top gym and to be the main guy in that gym and to have everyone focus around him. Um, very similar. What I love at the moment is Eddie Alvarez. He has realised why boxers is so polarised and why 2% of boxers are the best boxers is because they have everything about them. Um, you can't be in a camp with 40 other professionals and get equal um, attention. Because if you're the main man, you need to be treated like the main man. You need to have sparring partners when and how you want them. You need to have coaches focused on every mistake you're doing and where to work on. You can't be sharing this around. Eddie Alvarez fixed, he, he understood that problem and fixed it. The more, the quicker people start realising that, mm. the quicker you'll see a lot of a lot of top five guys move to champions quickly. So you're going with Glover, I'm going with Man and Johnson. Right. I'm going second round KO. I'm calling this one second round KO. Has he ever been finished? What's that Glover? Got, what's, that got Glover do? What's, what's that got to I'm do with anything? Saying, are you making a big statement here? <laughs> <laughs> are you finally going to prove yourself and make a statement that comes in? All right. I told you I, I don't just pick the rounds. Mm. Rear naked choke. Glover. Um, probably third. Okay. All right. You do the honours for the main right. event of the evening. I don't think we even need to introduce this. Diaz, McGregor. I'm saying Diaz first. Mm. He rightfully should be said first. I'm a big McGregor fanboy. Mm, I don't know about fanboy, advocate. I think what he's done for the sport you have to give props to come on in yeah. terms of bums on seats in terms of mainstream access in terms of what he's done in terms of reigniting uh, a whole nation's interest in combat sport come on you can't actually deny that i love that if i'm dana white and um every time his his he breaks records it goes mm. directly in my pocket i mm. love that then but when i'm a a lover of the sport itself and i'm a lover of people defending belts and I'm a lover of people fighting the people they should be fighting Yeah, not random welterweight belts that don't mean anything that just again balance, go across to the WWE let's put him against a guy that will be fun pre-fight mm. I don't believe in that I feel it's insults all the guys who sat and watched Matt Hughes defend his belt time and time again without any pre-type for, uh, pre-fight talk without any flash knockouts but they still came and they still watched them fight. I think it's insulting to all them guys. With how, me and how, you being one of them guys. How can you say that when this has been, in terms of a draw, this has been one of the UFC's most popular matchups ever. Now that's some big statement. So why would you not make this again? Especially you being um, the leading promotion who's you know now valued at and just been sold for mm. four point odd billion dollars why would you not put on a money-making fight you're in the business to actually make money let's not just you know let's let's, let's not dress this up dana isn't basically promoting because he is uh, a lover of fights and lover of fights only yes he does like fights but his raison d'etre the reason for being is I to agree. make money i agree what i'm saying is should we really be worried about um, how much money everyone's making. I, let me tell you this, and you know this from me. Mm. When Conor McGregor came to the organization, I know you already knew him before he came big. Yeah. And we watched the interviews together, mm. and I said, this guy seems like such a cool, charismatic guy. As he went through his fights at a young stage, I loved him. I thought, I'm, I'm come from an Irish heritage. I thought, this guy's fantastic. He's, he's exactly what the sport needs. And then all of a sudden... He's like that. <laughs> I'll tell you what it reminded me of. Mm. He's like, you're 17 years old, you've got your best friend, but he passes his driver's license before you. So now he can drive, and he's like, no, no, I don't need you anymore. I've got a car. I'm picking up my older friends. I'm picking up girls. He reminds me of that guy. So now he's got the belt. He's telling people, oh, I'm so rich. I'm breaking all the numbers. But that's not why I liked you in the first place. I liked you because you were funny. Why are you not making me laugh anymore? Why are you not... Uh, predicting rounds why instead you're losing fights instead you're not fighting defending your belt let's forget as well mm. every or the majority of fighters will say 
You're not a champion until you defended your champion, uh, your belt. This guy won the belt in 30 seconds. Beautiful. Well played to you. Deserve everything you got. Mm. Never defended it. Come to be on. fair, though, nothing's changed. If you look at the latest rhetoric, if you look at the latest things, the quotables that he's come up with, mm. nothing's changed but the date on the calendar. I think as well, um, I, I would disagree that he is that guy because nothing's changed again. He was that character right, before, well, before he came into the UFC. I'll prove you wrong. Then mm. go to a uh, press conference. I'm too big to go to a press conference. But we want to see you at a press conference. We want you to make us laugh, mm. entertain us, like we pay you a lot of money to do. I don't want to do it. Okay, so then make a scene. Don't do it. And let's be honest, UFC 200 wasn't what it should have been. No. Agreed? No, I agree. If he was there, totally. it would have been. Mm. But we lost that because he thinks he's too big to be like anyone else. He's changed. I'm sure everyone changes with that kind of money. But you've got to remember your fans. I, you know got, something? You know, you know something? I'd love to say this himself, but I can't imagine that the money had anything to do with it. I'll tell you why. If it did, he would have walked away from the sport a long time. He's got more than enough money right now. I don't think it's a money thing. So why does it's he a, always go on about it? Because it's a pride. Well, okay. He's stating the fact. He's got money. Why wouldn't you talk about it? Okay. What do you mean? Why? So I should walk down the street and we've got, mate, did I tell you how much I've got in the bank? Mate, I know it's not with me now, but I've got a wicked car in the garage. No, I don't. No, so but, it's, like, but you've got to put it in context. He doesn't just spout, I've got money. He shouts to strangers how much money he's got. I don't care how much money he's got. Where have you seen him, in without context, shouting right now. to strangers? He's just not. Jose Aldo out. Mm. What did he do? He jumped in the, ca uh, the cage and he did do that money sign where you're flicking money out in your hands. First thing he thought of when he became champion was to show everyone how much money I've just made. Boom, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I've got an answer for it all and you know it see this laugh right now it's a delay it's a delay for him to try and find an answer to that but there isn't one but there is an answer I'm ready that is all part of the McGregor shtick that's all part of the McGregor quote unquote gimmick yeah, that's him what did he say the first thing that he got into the cage uh, sorry when the, the microphone was actually put under his nostrils when he won the first time yeah, and how beautiful! Sixty was that? G's, baby. Yeah, but how beautiful! Actually, it was like the young boy growing and showing the world how happy he was. It wasn't saying, "Look, everyone, I've got because sixty grand to a, a sportsman is not a lot of money." If he said, "Oh, I've got sixty grand now," he'd be mm. a bit embarrassed with himself. Yeah, but like I say, put it into context. If he was just randomly shouting, like you know, somebody with Tourette's, sixty grand. You know what I mean? That, that doesn't make any sense. But put it in context. I think everything in its place, and I think. McGregor never change because it's that Marmite attitude, love him or hate him. You want to come and see him lose. You want to come and see him win. You want to cheer. You want to boo. Mm. We need people like this. We need people who will be polarizing. We need people who will be attractive. We need people who are actually going to get us mainstream recognition because that's where this sport should be heading. Yeah, it should be looking at how can it actually attract more eyes on the sport but more importantly we need characters i'm not talking about made up ones because i don't for a second feel that mcgregor is a fake or made up character hence the reason why going back to the whole 60 g's baby shtick that's him he's yeah. not being mr fake made up character this isn't wwe yeah i understand that that angle um and you are right, I enjoy talking to people who know less about MMA as much as I enjoy talking to people who know lots about MMA. I think bringing mm. more people to the sport is great, Yeah, is a good thing, um, and it only makes everyone a little bit richer. So it doesn't hurt. Um, the only bad thing is um, the lead-on effect, where now everyone thinks they have to talk smack, or everyone thinks... They have to talk money, and it becomes fake. Because when McGregor talks smack, it's very natural to him. Yeah, and he's, it's very real. And he's very good at it. Mm. But a lot of people aren't, and it becomes very hard to watch when people are forcing it. Um, for example, Weidman and Rockhold comes oh, to mind. That was a little embarrassing. It, 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 it came hard to watch for me. Mm. Um, and there's two great fighters that I was looking forward to fight. Yeah. Um, and I thought, you just don't need to do it, guys. I'm going to watch either way. 
just let me enjoy a natural build-up. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, who's going to win? Mm. I think McGregor is already in, was in the Ed- Eddie Alvarez position before he was. It's all about McGregor. Um, I'm not a big fan of his team. I don't. I think he needs to bring people in if he's going to improve more. Um, saying that, I think he's great on the feet. I think if he's got the gas tank, um, I think he he probably takes it to the fourth or fifth um, and, and gets the, gets a stoppage because um, he was hitting uh, Nate at, at will in that first round. Lighting the guy up. Yeah, he was hitting him at will mm. um, to the point where it, it was credit to Nate for being able to, to eat them. Yeah. He was eating like cupcakes. Um, but Nate's argument is, well, I I had two weeks notice. It needed, I needed a round to warm up. And that's a fair comment. That's why it's such a great rematch. Yeah. Um, but for me, McGregor's such a clever guy. He he will hold back. He'll come in lighter. He'll come in cardio-focused. And he won't be putting as much in every punch as he was last time. Because he thought, I'm just going to finish this guy, didn't he? That's what leads me to think that it will be a decision. It'll be a five-round war, but it will be McGregor duplicating what he did in round one of Diaz. McGregor won. He'll be peppering him with shots from all different angles. And as you saw, he just couldn't keep up with McGregor's pace. The thing that obviously let McGregor down was cardio because, you know, as, as hard as it was to actually watch, you know, someone so... Um, instrumental in the sport's growth because let's just face it you know he has um, brought the sport on leaps and bounds in terms of a a nation actually following him but it was hard to watch that because it was down to cardio that's what that's what I say you can literally see the point where he thought I've got nothing left you can literally see the point you can pinpoint it Mm. Um, and it was all down to I must finish this guy I will knock him out this is what I predicted I'm going to make good on my prediction he just assumed that well, I guess again, I can't, I can't speak of experience because I've never been in a cage. But I guess if you've got in a cage and every time you've touched someone, they've dropped, mm. and sometimes not even with your best punch, you're going to think, "Well, I'm in fantastic shape." Yeah, this guy is going to drop mm. at some point, and when he doesn't, after I don't know what twenty straight significant strikes, you mm. just think, "God," and then he keeps coming back at you. So this time he's going to be clever. But he did say in the press conference, and McGregor does seem to be a man of his word, he said, everyone's going to think that I'm going to stick and move. I'm going to jab and hit you and then run off. He said, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to stand in the pocket and we're going to go to war. So if he does that, if he tries to have an ego trip, it could be a lot closer than we think. But we're both going with a McGregor victory. It would be stupid not to. It would be hard not to. I guess that wraps up this episode. Thank you, folks, for listening to... My good friend, LJ, who Thanks joined me on me. this week's WoeCast. Thanks for coming in, my good friend. And um, until next time, thank you for listening. Until next time, guys. Thanks for listening. Speak to you all soon.